Hi, this is Chris McGregor of Discerning Hearts. Can you please help support this vital ministry? Discerning Hearts is a 100% listener-supported Catholic apostolate. Now through the end of August, please prayerfully consider making a sacrificial gift to help us raise $30,000 to fund truly life-changing Catholic programming and prayer. The financial contributions of listeners like you enables us to continue this important ministry. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Your donations are fully tax-deductible. As an independent, non-for-profit lay organization that is not affiliated financially with any diocese, our apostolate is fully listener-supported. Again, between now and the end of August, please visit discerninghearts.com to make your donation. Thank you, and God bless you, from all of us at Discerning Hearts. Discerninghearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. Monsignor Essif is a priest of the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania. He has served as a retreat director and confessor to St. Teresa of Calcutta. He continues to offer direction and retreats for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Essif encountered St. Padre Pio, who would become a spiritual father to him. He has lived in areas around the world, serving in the Pontifical Missions, a Catholic organization established by Pope St. John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially to the poor. He continues to serve as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, and sisters, seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections, with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. And what's on your heart today, Monsignor? Today, the strength of so many of us are unaware in our lives as to whether we are doing what God wants us to do. How many people in their lives are frustrated and unhappy? Have you been in a job as, a, as whatever you're doing and you feel so frustrated and so worn out and so miserable in what you're doing? In this journey that we're on, all of us, between birth and death, here in this life, many of us become worn out and discouraged and weary. And, and all of us, the, in Matthew, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and find life burdensome. I will give you rest. How many of us are in a way of life that is so burdensome? And we wonder, are we really doing God's will? I had my plane canceled in Newark, and I had to get back to Scranton for this funeral that I, I was going to have. I was fortunate there was this young couple, and they were going to rent a car, so I drove with them. And I was hmm. able to get back to Scranton. It was just very fortunate that they were at the same counter, that their, their plane was canceled. I was rebooked for the next day that I, I would have landed at 11 o'clock and the funeral was at 10. And so no way, I really wanted to get home for the funeral. But as we were coming home in the car, the young girl was telling me about her sister. She has a, a sister who's a, a sibling who's a year older than she. And 
she and her fiance were doing some shopping and getting some things. This plane was canceled for them. And she was saying how happy she was with her fiance and they were coming home. But her sister had her wedding planned. They sent out all the invitations, uh, saved the date. All the people were going to be invited. Her sister had made plans. She's studying to be a doctor, or she is a doctor, and she's going to spend the next seven years in a particular place uh, that she and her husband were going to be together. She changed all her plans, committed herself, and uh, her fiancé, her future, uh, canceled the wedding and uh, decided he didn't want to get married. How, how many times is, is there uh, a decision like that to be made are you in a marriage that is very, very unhappy? And you've been in this marriage 10, 15 years. And when you look back, even from the honeymoon or from almost the first day, there was something in you that said, I don't think I should do this. How do we discern what we're going to do? You know, it looked like this was a terrible thing. And, and her sister now is, is made, was, had made this decision to marry this man. And this man discerned, no, this isn't where I want to spend my, my future life with you. And I have seen others. Uh, I have a cousin of mine from, from Pittsburgh. And she had the same situation several years ago. All the announcements were out. But there was something in her that she really felt that this was not the person she should marry. And I think it takes so much courage to follow and make a decision that is this the person that you're going to marry? And when you're discerning these huge, these the, making your your plans for your future life. This is tremendous discernment. Now, spiritual directors are the ones who are supposed to be able to help us do this. How often do we pray and ask, what is God's will in the direction and the decision we're going to make? How many of us spend four maybe even more years in college if you're going to get a master's degree. What are you? What college are you going to go to? How many of you right now are juniors or seniors in high school? Are you praying as we study the, the places you could be accepted and the, the answers you get as you take your tests and find out your scores of where you are going to go, whether you should leave your own area at this time, beside all the amount of money that is going to be spent for your future education. What a tremendous decision that is. Is it really 
what God wants you to do to go to this particular college or that particular university. Do you pray about that? Do you ask God, what about this decision that I'm going to make? Is it your will? How often, with regard to the field that you're going to study, are you going to go into medicine? So many times, a person may not be gifted for a particular thing. This girl that uh, I was driving with is so happy and so fulfilled as a teacher. Her mother wanted her to study law. And she brought it up to her and how hurt sometimes she would feel that my mother is not happy with my decision to teach. And yet there's nothing I have more enjoyment in than teaching. And you could just hear her, her love of her students, her dedication to teaching. And yet some people are more interested in the title of something, you know, how many lawyers are there who really feel frustrated? Maybe you're one who has not really received from your, from your way of living that there's something in you and a gift that has not been used. The gifts that God has given us prepares us for the work that he wants us to do And many times, those gifts are unused. Sometimes people are called to be artists, musicians, teachers. And and, uh, their parents and and others around them are giving them guidance and direction that, that are so many times against the gifts that they have and the fulfillment of what God has made them to be. God has a plan for each one of us. God not only has created me, he designed me, and he has made me, and he has a purpose for each of the individuals that he has made. For you and for me, how marvelous it is to discover what God's will is for each one of us. For that, I strongly recommend that you seek guidance and direction and offer prayer, looking to God and asking God, what is your will for me in the role that I play in life, the plan that you have for me? And that not only goes to what I do, as a profession or as a, as a career or as an occupation. But it also has so much to do with the role and the plan I make and have in my, in my state of life. God has created each one of us. And, and for me, that as a priest, you know, do you find in your priesthood fulfillment and peace? Do you find in your religious life, as as a religious, with your vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, do you find fulfillment and joy and happiness? 
does it bring you to a fullness of life and a completeness of because God has designed that everything in you would have have that how how joyful God wants us to be when it is his role his plan for us Monsignor yes I think people would love to be able to get guidance and what what I'm sensing from folks though it's so difficult to find spiritual direction and I'm wondering is it what's worse no spiritual direction or potentially bad spiritual direction and how would you know there are some out there who would maybe fancy themselves as someone who could direct but is there a certain abilities or a certain temperament that would demonstrate that the most important area to search is the fruit of someone who's guiding me when i find within myself peace joy love patience gentleness kindness self-control these fruits of the holy spirit how do i know i'm doing the father's will because of the fruits of the Holy Spirit that are within me. There's that full, I have come that you might have joy and have it to the full. So that Christ, in, in uh, giving us his, his direction and his love, is, is guiding us and directing us. What is it when Jesus holds up uh, his, his cross before us? So as we are drawn and come together around the cross, as you're looking for guidance and direction, probably the weariness and the unhappiness and the frustration that the Jews had in the desert would be a sign that you're really looking for a good spiritual director. That would be, I, 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 is, would that be what question you're asking? How do you know that you have a good one? Well, if it continues and you mm-hmm. find yourself even more miserable, if you go to a doctor and you go to have your ills treated and you find yourself more miserable than you started, then you realize that's not a good physician that will lead you and guide you to the Father's will. And mm-hmm. so the direction, that, that really is what the director does. Do you have a GPS for your car? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if you're, on a, if you're on a road and you're going the opposite direction of the destination that you want to come to, you you might be making good time, but you're going further and further away from what you really want to do. And so I I think a good director is like a good GPS. He, He helps you get to where you want to go, but it's his suggestions, his, his observations, his offering is, is helping you see as a guide uh, what direction you might want to take in order to get to the destiny that you want to, where you want to go. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I find uh, in, I, I'm, I'm a spiritual director. And when people come to me, uh, they often come to me with, you know, uh, I, I am especially uh, directing men who are thinking of priesthood. Uh, women who are thinking of religious life. And so 
I, I find myself either guiding them into or away from. There's nothing worse than being in something that's just making you more and more miserable. We just have to turn to the Lord and trust and just move forward each day, don't we? I, I also think uh, what you what you have when you have a, a spiritual director is someone outside of yourself that you can tell it all to. Have you ever noticed sometimes when you keep it within yourself, it tends to exaggerate? Mm-hmm. And if you only tell it to those who are around you, you know, they might be relatives or friends of yours. They, they probably would want to agree with you. And, and they may not be seeing it from, from a different perspective, in, 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 in objectively. I, I think one of the, or there are three things that a good guide should have from you if you want to have uh, guidance. First, you have to tell that person who is going to be your guide everything. You can't just tell them whatever it is. They, this person who is going to guide you should know everything. You don't edit with a guide. Some people know this much about me. Some people know that much about me. There, there are people who know uh, this, the, this area of me. But there are certain things that I keep back to myself. There are certain little closets that I have in my heart that I've never really told anybody about. The guide who's going to guide you should know that. Something that you never maybe told others and that you kept to yourself. A guide should know everything about you. Supposing you never revealed to another that you have same-sex attraction. That's something about me that I, I don't feel I should tell everyone. And yet I've had that, and, but I've kept it to myself. If I have a guide, I want to tell that to the guide. The guide should know everything about me. Secondly, after I've told the guide all about me, he or she will not think less of me. The person now sees me in the clarity of what God is looking at in me to the extent that I can reveal it. Only God knows me as I am, but this guide looks at me and with compassion and understanding accepts me and receives me as I am. Thirdly, that person will never tell anyone else. I enjoy the wonderful gift there of confidentiality so that the freedom to open myself to this other person. Now, as I open myself, I'm going to be able to receive from another a more objective, open view of the guidance and direction that I may need in the decisions that I'm going to have to make and finding the joy, the happiness, and the peace of doing God's will in my life. I really pray going to confession is a very essential part of the journey. 
But being in the way of life that God wants me to be is so much more profound, a guide and a direction, knowing that I am doing God's will, that at the very deepest part of my being, thinking of Mary and her, the Annunciation, be it done to me according to thy will. Mary's joy, and she is the cause of our joy, is to fulfill the Father's will. Jesus in the garden, Father, I really, I don't want to do this. And this is facing the cross. But thy will, not mine, be done. And so Jesus accepts the suffering of the cross because it was the will of the Father. You and I, followers of Jesus, united with our head, Jesus Christ, children of Mary, who want to follow this example of doing God's will, the Father's will in our lives, many times can be assisted by a guide and someone to direct us, to assist us in knowing what it is that the Father wants us to do and then doing and having the courage to do that will of the Father. To say with Mary, be it done to me according to thy will, and to say with Jesus, thy will be done. Those areas of our lives where we are not fulfilling the will of God are sin. And that's what's going to cause us misery and unhappiness. If I'm in a state of life that God doesn't want me in, that's a weariness and a misery that I need to be guided out of. If I'm doing things in my life, in my business, at my home, that I know are against the will of God, they're the sins of my life that I need to bring to God and transform this sinfulness into virtue so that I can begin to taste the joy and the love of doing the Father's will. All of us have personal sin that we violate and and are not doing what Christ who is in us wants us to do. Hopefully, we will be able to say with Jesus who is in our hearts, united with him, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come in me, thy will be done in me as it is in heaven. Then the joy of the blessed in heaven, the joy and the happiness of the saints and the angels will be in me as I join with them in doing the will of the Father. To do the Father's will is to be Easter and joy in each of our hearts to discover where are those areas 
by the help of a guide, a spiritual director, by the help of confession, a good confession, to become one with Christ who dwells within me and I in him so that we can bear much fruit. St. John says, and this is the discourse of Jesus on the night before he died, on Holy Thursday, Remain in me, and I in you. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And that is the fruit that we're talking about. Joy, peace, love, patience, kindness, tenderness, generosity, self-control. And you and your family and your patients and your students and people around you, your parish, you will be truly enjoying. Pray for one another that we can find together the will of God. And hopefully this podcast is assistance for you to discover more deeply the Christ who is in you and the Christ who is in your wife, in your children, in your neighbor, and even in your enemies. Mm. Final thoughts? I think, the, the, I think all of us are so ready and willing to do God's will, which is love, when we, when we recognize it. Open my eyes, Lord, help me to see your face. Open my eyes, Lord, help me to see. Open my ears, Lord, help me to hear your voice. Open my ears, Lord, help me to hear. Open my heart, Lord, help me to love you. Open my heart, Lord, help me to love. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Monsignor. God bless you. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit DiscerningHearts.com, or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer rock-solid and authentic spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com. And join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essef.